Welcome to the Gospel Central Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Please visit our website at gospelcentral.church for more information. It's my privilege to be sharing with you guys over the next few weeks a subject that's really uh, important, I think, and something that's grown dear in my own heart, entitled Escaping Babylon. And the point of this time as we're going to spend the next few weeks together is that we're going to be looking at the world that we live in, uh, why it thinks like it does, um, and very much how uh, the world around us will operate even going forward as we look at some things that are going to happen in future. And I'm hoping that this will be a series that will prepare us with a worldview that will help us navigate these times and escape Babylon, escape the evil that Satan is trying to bring about on the earth. The Bible very clearly says that we must come out of Babylon. Babylon, and we'll look at that later, unless we share in her sins and therefore come under her many judgments. And so the, the point of this time together is that we're going to be understanding our world and getting a biblical worldview that helps us navigate the craziness of the planet that we live in today. And so maybe just to start with uh, an interesting little throwout, do you know that there's two cities that are primarily mentioned in the Bible? And take a guess which they are, the two most prominent cities mentioned in the Bible. The first one is Jerusalem, and she's a symbol of uh, the, the city of God, the place that ultimately the temple of God was found in the Old Testament, and where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. But then the second most mentioned city in the Bible is the city of Babylon, mentioned 287 times. And Babylon is a city that ultimately becomes a nation and will eventually become a global movement. And, uh, and the reason why she's mentioned so often is because Babylon is the antithesis or the antichrist system that's going to be rising up against the kingdom of God. She is the enemy of God. She is the, the, the world in rebellion to God, while Jerusalem is a symbol of the obedient ones that will ultimately obey God and love God. So we're coming into a time where we really are seeing two kingdoms clashing, the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world belonging to Satan called Babylon in the Bible. Now, we want to quickly see how this kingdom emerges. We're going to do a little bit of history, but stick with me because there's things in the history of this place that are so relevant to us today that can show us very much what we are entering into and also what's about to come because the Bible tells us that Satan is ultimately the god of Babylon and he is establishing his kingdom and his rule and reign on the earth through spiritual Babylon. And, and so what we're going to see as we look over history is that this movement, this demonic movement, has risen and fallen through the ages uh, in various places, and we're going to learn a lot about how this works itself out. So in the book of Revelation 18 verse 2, we see that Babylon becomes the seat of all evil on the earth. Literally, it says, she, Babylon, has become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil Spirit. So as Satan begins to establish his rule and reign on the earth, the day will come where the earth, Babylon, the world system, will become so enmeshed in the demonic thought and demonic belief and demonic thinking that she will literally become a home for demons and a haunt for every evil spirit. And so we're, coming, we're living in this world that is literally becoming aggressively anti-Christian, anti-God, and we're going to see some interesting things as these two kingdoms begin to clash more and more until the day the Lord returns, judges Babylon, and vindicates his people. So let's look at how this thing emerges, and to understand Babylon, we really have to understand 
Babylon's king. Now, I remember Babylon is the world's system. It's a way, it's the way the world thinks. It's the, the governments of this world, the morality of this world, the law of this world. It is really the world system. And behind all of these things, the Bible is very clear. There is a person. Uh, uh, he's a spiritual person. He's been around since before the earth was created. And the Bible calls this person Satan. He's known by many names, look at that just now. He's known as the dragon, the, um, uh, yeah. There's a lot of names for him that we'll dig into a bit of detail just now. But in Revelation 13 too, John the apostle is looking forward to the end times, to the last rising of Babylon, uh, the time when Babylon will finally come to a fullness and she'll become a global move that'll literally shape the thinking of the whole planet. And he tells us in Revelation 13 too, the dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and his great authority. Now we know in the Bible that the dragon is Satan. And so here we see Satan, this dragon, giving the beast. Now the beast is the Babylonian world system. The devil will give the world system his power, his throne, and his great authority. In other words, he's going to literally extend his own influence, his own personality, his own kingdom is going to begin to manifest on the earth through the Babylonian system. Uh, and there's three things that he's going to use there that the Bible tells us. The first is he gives his power. Now what's interesting is that word power in the, in the Greek is the same word dunamis. It's the same word that Jesus said would, would happen when the Holy Spirit would come upon us. He said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He used the word dunamis. Here in Revelation, John gives that same word and he says this, there's like a demonic power, a satanic power that Satan has of his own. It is transforming miraculous power and he's going to use this power and give this power to a system in the world, a Babylonian thinking a Babylonian system that's ultimately going to fashion and form uh, the world. He's also going to give uh, the world or this Babylonian system his, uh, his throne, which indicates his rulership. Satan is actually going to establish his throne in the thinking and in the actions of the world in which we live. And lastly, he'll give his great authority. And again, John uses the word great authority to emphasize that Satan's authority is not a minor authority. He has an authority that is very powerful. It is very authoritative. And he will use that authority to establish his rule and his reign on the earth. Now, many of you will remember that Jesus said that we are in the world, but we are not of the world as Christians. And we are told to go into the world, go into Babylon and preach the good news of the gospel to bring people out of Satan's kingdom, out of his rule and reign. But there is this war going on right now between the people of God and the people of the devil, which is really the whole world. And we are starting to see these things clashing on a scale we've not seen before, certainly in centuries. And I think it's going to come into a, a a climax, a pinnacle, probably the greatest climax that there has ever been in the history of creation. And you and I are probably going to see this in our day, I think. So it's a fun, crazy time to be living. So let's dive into this Babylon system a little bit more. And again, to understand Babylon, we must understand Babylon's king. In Isaiah 14, verse 3, uh, we read about uh, the fall of Babylon. And it's one of the original Babylons because Babylon rises and falls through the ages, uh, ultimately culminating in an end times Babylon. But in one of the falls of Babylon, the prophet Isaiah sees the fall of Babylon. And he prophesies something that's cyclical in nature. Uh, a lot of Bible prophecies actually prophecy that kind of 
happens and happens and happens and happens and happens. And so you're going to see Babylon, the cyclical nature of Babylon and what happens to her, uh, both in terms of her rising up, how she rises up, what she does when she rises up in the world, her fall, and then uh, we will see her fall also. Uh, her final fall will happen when Jesus returns to establish his kingdom on the, world, you know, on the earth. Um, and we probably could see that in our day. I think we, many of us are believing that we are nearing the end times and we could see those things. But in Isaiah 14.3, Isaiah says, You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. And then in a few verses later, Isaiah tells us who the king of Babylon is. And remember, in this point, Babylon is actually a worldly system. It's actually a nation that's risen up against Israel, has taken Israel captive, has taken or destroyed Israel, has taken Judah captive. And so Isaiah is speaking about a literal earthly kingdom called Babylon at this point. And he talks about the king of Babylon, but he doesn't talk about the earthly king of Babylon. He talks about someone who's behind the earthly king. And as we looked at just now, the Bible says the dragon will give the beast, will give Babylon his throne. Isaiah the prophet sees beyond the earthly king and he sees the one who is the true king of Babylon. And the true king of Babylon is no earthly king. The true king of Babylon is Satan. And so in Isaiah 14 verse 12, and I'm actually going to take this out of the translation from the Septuagint because I love how the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, because it 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 actually brings about the name of the devil in the translation when the Jewish writers translated the Septuagint from the Hebrew into, uh, into Greek. And it says this, How art thou fallen, it's old King James, How art thou fallen from heaven? And this is the king of Babylon. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? You are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. So here we've got a fascinating little dig into what Isaiah sees behind this earthly kingdom and this earthly king. He sees a person called Lucifer, son of the morning, and he falls not on the earth, he falls from heaven. And so here Isaiah is very clearly showing us that the king of Babylon is not an earthly king. The king of Babylon is the dragon who's given the beast, who's given Babylon his throne and his great authority, his great power. And, uh, and so we see here Satan in his pre-fall state. Isaiah is showing us that actually behind the whole world system, behind Babylon and her rising up and how she will rule over the nations, there is a person called Satan or Lucifer is what he used to be called, who is ultimately trying to establish his kingdom. He is the king of this kingdom and he's trying to extend his rule and reign. Uh, the Bible says that he was known as uh, the, the light bearer or the son of the morning. And so Satan initially, if we go into the scriptures, was actually created by God to be an angel that would actually literally contain and reflect the glory of God. He was the light bearer, the son of the dawn. He would be the one that literally contained the glory of God, like a cherub with his wings. As you see often in the Ark of the Covenant, you've got this box with the presence of God upon the box with two angels kind of with their wings out to cover the glory glory of God because if anyone looked at the glory of God properly you would die the glory of God is too glorious for us as human beings to look at and not actually be damaged it's too powerful it's too holy and so the cherubs would guard over the glory of God well Satan was the original guardian of the glory of God and he literally 
covered the glory of God so that even the angels were able to come into the presence of God and, and worship without themselves being damaged by the glory and the wonder and the power and the majesty of the true King, God. Um, and so Lucifer was the one who was there, but we know the Bible tells us that he had a rebellion. We'll look at that in a bit of detail just now and fell from glory. And today he's no longer called Lucifer. He's known by many other names. Uh, and most of the names in the New Testament are, are names like Satan, which now means opponent, the one who opposes God and opposes the people of God. He's called the devil, the tempter, because he tries to seduce us away from God. Beelzebul, the evil one. It's quite interesting in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, we told to, to pray, literally keep us from the evil one. Jesus knew that the devil would be on the earth and he instructs us as Christians to pray that we will not come into the influence of the evil one who is Satan. He's called the enemy, the enemy of the people of God, the enemy of God, the father of lies. So again, a powerful name. He is a masterful deceiver and he's able to actually bring about lies through what he does. He's called the ruler of this world in the New Testament. You want to know who rules this world? Well, the Bible just told us Satan is the ruler of this world. The God of this age is another, another thing the Bible calls him. He is the God of this world. Right now, this world is actually under his rule and under his reign. People often say to me, why is the world so horrible if God is good? Well, actually, God is no longer the God of this world. Satan is now called the God of this world, the God of this age. And so when we see the terrible things that we do in society, the wars, the rape, the murder, the greed, the lies, we must understand this world is actually under the kingship of Satan, the dragon, who is now ruling on the earth. And we'll look at that just now to learn how he got that. Um, it's called the angel of light. He's able to come across as one who appears as good, but actually is evil. Remember, God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. But now Satan is known as the one who comes as an angel of light, masquerading as an angel of light. And so his greatest, one of his greatest tools is his ability to deceive and to actually be uh, very deceptive. He's called the dragon and he's called the serpent. And so these are all names for this being who's now known as the king of Babylon, the king of this world. And this world, Babylon, is now his kingdom, his area of rule and reign where he has power. And so Isaiah goes on and he actually tells us, if we go back to that verse, he says, how you've fallen from heaven, how you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations or laid low the nations, some, uh, some translations say. And so we see that Satan, his initial fall was in heaven. He rose up against God in heaven with one third of the angels, tried to overthrow the glory of God, uh, but he was cast to the earth. And then he had another rebellion. And in this rebellion, he laid low or weakened the nations. And that word weaken in the, in the Hebrew is actually to overwhelm, to overpower, or to make lie down. In other words, he didn't weaken the nations that they became weak and flappy. He weakened them and that he overpowered them. He began to rule and reign over the nations of the world. Do you want to know who is the God of South Africa? Satan. Do you want to know who the God of America is? The God of England is? Satan. He is the God of this world, and he rules over the nations in this world. He rules through the governments. He rules through law. He rules through every fabric of society. And we Christians are in the world, but we're not of the world. 
We are actually aliens in this place. So Isaiah carries on and he actually, in this concept of, oh Lucifer, you've fallen from heaven, he actually goes back into the heavenlies to show um, how Satan fell. And in Isaiah 14, from verse 13 to 14, we actually read about Satan, Lucifer, the light bearer. Verse 13 says, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. That, that means literally the angels of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly. That's the throne that God sits on. On the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Literally Satan here rebelled against God with the desire to actually be like God. He wanted what God had. He wanted the glory, the, the honor, the, the worship that God had. And so he rebelled in heaven because of evil that had come into his own heart. And he attacked God. He attacked the angels. One third of the angels fell with him, the Bible tells us, uh, in his desire to be like God. But the Bible tells us that God defeated him and cast him down to the earth. And so this is Isaiah 14 verse 12. The new translation say, but how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star or Lucifer, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. And so here you've got this a prophecy that's both backwards and forwards. It's backwards in that Isaiah sees the devil who fell to the earth, but then it's also, it's also you who once laid low the nations. And so it's not just that fall that he's talking about. There's another fall happening now on the earth as the Babylon world system that's now attacking Israel or has attacked Israel and Judah and has established itself as a, as a global empire is about to get judged by God and fall, which happened um, soon after Isaiah wrote this. So, but would rise again and again and again and again and is rising in our day. So let's look at how, how he learned to uh, rule the nations. How did he accomplish this ruling of the nations? And, and what we've got to realize, we've got to dive back into the actual fall of mankind. We saw that the devil wanted to be like God, right? So one of the things he's going to try and do is he wants to manifest himself as a spirit into creation. And so what he does is he comes to the earth. He's fallen down, he's been judged, he's been cast down to the earth. And he comes to the creation that God has made, which is Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, we know, are in the garden. God has given them a freedom. He said, go into all the world, you know, subdue it, uh, bring my rulership, my kingdom into the world. And he's told them there's one thing they can't do. Don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Um, the devil comes into that area and literally says to um, Adam, and here he's called the serpent, which is one of the names for the devil. This is the king of Babylon, the later king of Babylon. And it says, he comes to Adam and in Genesis 3 verse 4 to 5, he says, did God really say to you that you mustn't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden? And uh, Eve says to him, well, God says we shouldn't, otherwise we'll die. And he says, you will surely not die. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Did you note that like God, what was it that Satan said he wanted in heaven? He wanted to be like God. Here he comes to Adam and Eve and he says, actually you can be like 
God and he tempts him with the very evil that's in his own heart. He, he does a few things and we'll see these things actually playing out through his rulership, through his kingdom on the earth. He says, your eyes will be opened. You'll have the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, you won't need God to define morality to you anymore. You as human beings will be so like God that you can define your own morality. Why do you want to live in a world that God says that's right and that's wrong? Why don't you decide for yourself? Come out from under the rulership of God and be like him. You don't have to submit to him. You don't have to worship him. The other thing is obviously you'll be like God because you can be worshipped. God is worshipped. He's a powerful, incredible being worthy of worship. But now you, Adam and Eve, you human beings, you can be like God. You also can have fame and glory and be worshipped. And so he offers this to Adam. And then lastly, he says, you will not die. You won't give an account to God for this. You, you can live forever. You, you're going to be like God. What have you got to fear God for when you can be like him in every way? And so what Adam and Eve see this fruit, and it's attractive to be like God. It's attractive to be glorified and to be famous, to be loved and respected and revered. It's, it, it's great to be able to decide how I'm going to live. Why should I be a servant to somebody else? And so Adam and Eve bite into this and they take of the fruit and in taking of the, fr the fruit they actually come into rebellion against God and actually come under the rule and reign of Satan. So it's actually in man's rebellion that Satan secured man's following. And instead of following God, who had given them the garden to live in, and it was a good, beautiful place to live in, they now began to follow the ways of the devil. He was going to be like God. He attempted them. They'd followed him. And so he came over them, and Adam and Eve came under the rulership of Satan. Now, um, and literally, Satan then became the God of this world, the king of this world. And he begins to take dominion. He begins to take Adam and Eve as he begins to seduce them away more and more and more away from obeying God, away from loving God, away from worshiping God and offering them the world. But actually at the end of the day through that, seducing them so that he can get glory and power and authority on the earth. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, we literally read that now Satan is the God of this world. Age. And so he is now the God of this world, the God of those that live in this world. You know, if someone's not born again, they are not part of the kingdom of God. That means that they belong to Satan. And if you're watching this video and you haven't come to Jesus and actually accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior and been forgiven for your rebellion against God by the death of Jesus on the cross, then you are actually under the rulership of Satan, the deceiver. And uh, he actually has authority and rule over you. And you'll be thinking just like he wants you to think. You'll be acting just like he wants you to act because he's taken you captive to do his will. So we are living in a crazy time where the world is actually in rebellion against God and the kingdoms of this world are rising up in the end times to see a new Babylon emerging, which we're going to look at in the next series, but to look at how Babylon emerges through the ages and how it's emerging in our day and learn the lessons that we need to so that we can navigate our way through the influence, the deceptive, corrosive influence of the devil as he begins to establish his rulership on the earth. And again, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that we must come out, we must escape Babylon because if we're not separated from her, we will come under, we'll get caught up in her sin and come under the same judgment as she does. So watching this, I need to finish the session, but if you've been watching this and you've, did you know, firstly, that this world belongs to the devil? Did you know that uh, the things in this world around us actually are not 
no longer under the rulership of God. They are now under the rulership of a different king called Satan, the great dragon. And he is extending his rule and his reign on this planet. If you're not a Christian, the Bible clearly says that you're a child of the devil. Jesus said that to even some of the Jews when he came. He said to them, they thought they were religious, they were kind of going to their church, their synagogue, they thought they were upright. And he said, you are children of Satan because you're doing the things your father does. And they were very offended at that. You know, who do you think you are to say we're children of the devil? Because they were religious. They thought they were righteous people. But the, as we'll learn in Babylon, there are no righteous people. There is only rebellious people who have sinned against God and need forgiveness for what they've done. And if you've watched this, the only way that you will escape Babylon, the only way you can come out is if you acknowledge that you have bought into the world, that you've been a part of her, you've thought as she thinks, you've lived the way she's let you live, and you've lived in what you thought was freedom, but you've actually lived in rebellion to God. And the time now, the Bible says today is the day of salvation, that you and I need to turn our lives back to God because he is the one true God. And he is actually good and he wants to bring about good in our lives. But we need to acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. And so if you're watching us, I'd love to pray with you and just give you an opportunity to come to him and to serve him. So why don't we close ours and pray just as we close the session. Father, thank you that you are God. And although we see a world system now under the control of the evil one, uh, where you say in the Bible that Satan is the God of this world, the prince of power of the air, the ruler of this age, Lord, thank you that we don't have to remain under his rule and under his reign and under his power and great authority. You want to bring us out into the place that we would love you and serve you. You want to teach us, Lord, how to actually come into your kingdom and come under your rule and reign. And so for everyone watching this, Lord, I pray that as we look at this series, eyes will be open to see you and to see this world and to choose to follow you, that they might be saved. Because you say in the Bible that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have followed Adam's sin. Every one of us have been in rebellion to you, the one true God. And the consequence in Romans 6.23 of our sin is the death penalty. But God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but receive the gift of God, which is eternal life. God wants to give us life. Satan said you could live as you wanted to live and you would not die, but he is a liar and the father of lies. You will die. Sin will kill you and it will separate you from God for eternity. It'll separate from you from all that is good for eternity. But if you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that he is the one who came to die on the cross because of our rebellion, God will forgive you and me and accept us into his kingdom and bring us into uh, the place where we can be different and separated from the world and learn to live the way he made us to live. If you're watching us and you're a Christian, did you know that this world belongs to the devil and the things that he's offering us are trying to seduce us away from the kingdom of our God? And I want to encourage you to carry on following the series so that you can come out from Babylon, be separated from her, lest you share in her many sins and come under her great judgments. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. 
If you have any questions or would like to connect, email us at connect at gospelcentral.church or visit our website gospelcentral.church. God bless.